um, hearing her or, or on the way to uh, the hospital where she was being born. He said, I'm going to do something phenomenal, something incredible, something substantial just for you. And I didn't know it was going to be a song. I didn't know what God was formulating in my life. And 12 years later, I met um, probably the greatest thing I could have ever met outside of Jesus, and that is my wife. Sagittarius women rock. Amen. All right. Okay, are we going to be stuffy or are we going to be all right today? Are we going to be all right? Oh, okay, okay. So, so um, I met her, and I am living that song in this moment, that God is doing something phenomenal, something substantial, and something incredible just for me. So here's how you receive. A lot of people lift their hands. Here's how you receive. Hold your hands out. That's how you receive. That's how you receive. If you want God to give you something, this is how you receive it. So I confer on you right now that God is going to do something phenomenal, something incredible, something substantial with your name on it. Okay, well, let me just obey the spirit of the moment. Let me sing a piece of it. God is going to do something phenomenal. Something incredible, something substantial just for you. Hold your hands out. God is going to do something phenomenal. Somebody say big. Something incredible, something substantial, just for you. Pentecost, I'm a little loud. Just for you. Did you know you're Abraham's seed? Cut me back up. My mic sounds nice. Check one. You got to understand that. Did you know? All the promises he did bleed for you to have in your life and more abundantly. Oh, God is going to do something phenomenal. Bigger than a job, bigger than a house, bigger than a car. That's small stuff. Something incredible. Let's get ready to change your whole bloodline. Something substantial just for you. Now hold your hands out and up. Receive something phenomenal, yeah. Something incredible, something substantial just for you. Come on, give him about 30 seconds of praise. Just preach your time. Let me just go ahead. Because it's hard for me to get an atmosphere and not, and not preach. The preaching side of me. Oh, you got something else? So you get the preacher warmed up, it's time to go. You know how, y'all know how that goes? Well, it's just, let's the kids, okay? Oh, the kids? All the kids can be dismissed, okay? Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Say praise God. Say praise God again. Can you, uh, can you cut my mic back up to where it was? It, it, I don't know, I'm back here. Say praise God one more time. All right. I bless God for being here and I honor uh, Pastor today and I thank God for him. Put your hands together for the second greatest pastor in the world. <laughs> I hate going places because sometimes I, have to, I feel like I need to change the program. And um, what I want to release, I want to release on everybody. 
uh, I don't know where your husband went, and just want to give him a word. Is that your husband? I want to give him a word, because so can he come back real quick? If you don't mind? If you don't mind? So I want you to praise God for your pastor and for Lady Bailey. Amen? Amen. 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 And I thank God for them. He is by birth my blood cousin, first cousin on my father's side. His father and my father are brothers. And um, um, I thank God for that connection. And what God has done in his life is amazing. If I met um, Pastor Gary on the street, I would be afraid of him. But, um, but I praise God for who he is and um, what God has done in his life. I want to speak um, a word from the Lord. Um, oh, Lord, they're gone too? Oh, this couple is gone too? Oh, okay. Uh, it's just certain people that want to hear what God has to say. Y'all forgive me. I'm just a prophetic person. Amen? I was waiting for you to come back because I need you to hear it and I need you to hear it. Uh, thank you, sister, for your, everybody, for your hospitality. It's, you've been very warm. As, as I said again, um, I thank God for my wife, um, my rib. Amen? Amen. With barbecue sauce. Amen? <laughs> um, I love her. I respect her. Um, um, Y'all are a tough crowd. This is like being in a comedy club for the first time. Um, but, I, but I praise God and I love and I respect it. I just want to release this very quickly before we minister because uh, being a Pentecostal, um, we tend to, we have this word in the church, in the world. Oh, they have a word in the world. They call it turn up. He knows what it is. You know. We turn up everywhere except church, you know. Church is the only place where we take a few minutes, especially men, we read and we evaluate and we assess and we want to make sure the preacher is up to par. Uh, I ain't thinking about none of that, all right? What I'm going to do is speak the heart of God. And in this moment, I believe God is going to release in this moment, in the next 33 Pentecostal minutes, I believe God is going to release something in this moment that we can apply forever. Because I want change. I don't just want change to say I had an emotional experience at church. I want the kind of change that my future is adjusted because of the moment that I have with God. One of my favorite movies is The Adjustment Bureau. It's it's where things are unfairly moved around in secret to make things work for somebody else. And that's how heaven works. Now, I want to just give this as a word of prophecy. I'm not strange. I'm not weird. I'm not, you know, trying to lay you out on the floor and breathe on you and all that kind of stuff. I had a guy one time, he prayed for me. He put his sweat on me. I said, that's nasty. Anyway, y'all will be all right. You're going to have to laugh with me, okay? You're going to have to be okay. You're going to have to really loosen up. Like when the Eagles beat the Cowboys, you're going to just really have to go for it. You're going to really have to go for it. I mess with it. But God, God is, can you just open your hands like this and receive? Okay. Uh, I've been ministering 20 years. I'm still young, but I started young. I've been ministering 20 years. I bring, I don't bet, unless I'm in Vegas, but I, I bring everything I am in those 20 years to this moment to tell you that before the year is out, you all are on the verge of a supernatural blessing from God that eyes have not seen. This year in particular has been a tough year. But God is going to unleash on you something that you, let me put it like this, eyes have not seen. The way to prove that you're not hating is when God is talking to somebody else, you're agreeing. Ears have not heard, neither has it been revealed what God has in store for you. And God is going to do it because he loves you, but God is going to do it to prove to you, particularly in your life, God is going to prove to you that he's with you. For the last six or seven or eight months, you felt like God has forgotten you. You're saying, God, this is hard, this is difficult. Now, they say every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before, but there are some days I wanted to quit, y'all. 
Can you be honest? God said quitting is not an option. And it is my goodness that leads to repentance. So I'm going to invade your life with my goodness. I'm going to lay my hands on you, not because of my hand, but because I'm a prophet. And this is how we are commanded to transfer the blessing of God into the earth realm. It's not my touch, it's the touch of the Lord. But Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, because you gave me this word, I pray, my shade, that you send a refreshing to this woman and this man. Send a refreshing, and I speak as a prophet of God because we have what we say, a divine reversal to every economic depravity in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I was going to preach something. Father, bless the word, amen. Matthew chapter 10, I was going to preach one thing, and then the Lord uh, just changed it. And I've learned because he's God, when he wants to change something, just let him. Because uh, if you don't, they used to say in my grandmother's church, your arms are too short to box with the Lord. And so I just let him change it. How you doing? Good. Um, I love Pastor Appreciation Day. I'm, I'll get there when I get there. I'm a, I'm a jet. I used to be a helicopter. Now I just I, got a, I need a little runway. But I used to um, Pastor Appreciation Day rather is is very special. And this is um, not in the form of help. But let me tell you how you honor a gift. When the Bible says double honor, because I heard you saying it, and I wanted to say something about it. When the Bible says double honor, it doesn't mean you say I honor you. I honor you. You don't say it twice. <laughs> I honor you, I honor you. Um, so two things come to mind when you honor a gift. When you honor a gift, you honor a gift in the name of that gift. Just like you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. So you never give somebody, one, what they don't want. Amen. Um, if someone came to you and you like fried chicken and they gave you fried pork, it's just not chicken. It's just not what you want. So you honor a gift by giving the gift what the gift wants. And then you honor a gift by not being cheap toward that gift. So double honor just simply means in the Greek context, deeper honor. Deeper than normal. Deeper than average. And so you always want to respect and honor and give your pastor deeper honor. And that's because we have to stand before God and give an account on what kind of member you were. The book of Hebrews, maybe you, you, you fax a couple of amens from Virginia, because it's going to be hard. Um, <laughs> when you give an account as to how you were pastored, God is going to ask us as pastors, how was sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so? And we give an account according to Hebrews, whether it was difficult or easy pastoring you. Because the law of pastoring is some people are difficult to pastor. Everybody cannot be pastored. I'm segueing into Matthew 10. Everybody cannot be pastored the same. Jesus had 12. We're going to get into that in a minute. One of them was a cusser. That's not excusing the cussers in the room. One of them was a doubter. One of them stole offering. So now you're down to nine. Now the church is even smaller. We started at 12. Pastoring people is one of the most difficult things that you can do on earth because eternity is attached to it. And God will discipline us based on our treatment of you because you are his. And so Moses and God got into this dispute about, God, they're your church. And Moses said, no. God says, no, it's your church. And Moses said, no, it's your church. And God said, no, it's your church. And Moses is the only guy that told God, repent. And God obeyed him. <laughs> he told God to repent because he didn't like the way God was treating his congregation. Now, don't try that with God today. The, Moses was the most meek man that ever lived, so don't, don't try that. But Moses also, put my mic back up, tell it sounds nice, check one. I keep getting that Dougie Fresh thing going on. You'll be all right. Um, um, Moses had, a, he was an oxymoronic character, which every pastor has an oxymoron. Moses was both meek and angry. 
He was the meekest man that ever lived, but he had an anger problem, which kept him out of the promised land. Because at the time that he was supposed to drink water from a rock, he hid it. He smote it. So you have to always pray for your pastor and honor them enough that you understand that the pastor is a dual, a dual spirit. He's both human and divine. His divinity comes from the Holy Spirit. But his humanity comes from himself. So Gary and Pastor Gary are two different people. Ooh, Lord. And so in order to really understand where the church is going, you have to understand the man. And this assignment is caught in Matthew chapter 10, which I am now at, truthfully. <laughs> Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Go down to verse 8. Now here is the commission of the church. Here is the commission of the church. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. This is the commission of the church. I'm going to get in some trouble, but I'm okay. Verse 10. Well, let's go to verse 9. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for your workman is worthy of his meat for the workman is worthy of his meat that's King James translation it really means this the person who serves you is worthy of whatever gift you give okay this is this this subject may not fit but I'm 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 sensitive about my subject I'm like Eric Badu I'm a little sensitive about my subject um, y'all gonna be all right in a minute. I just, I'm just, I'm free, okay? I'm over people. I'm not worried about people's faces. When Jesus saved me, he saved me from opinions. But I do, I do want to be good. Uh, I want to just speak about, for a few moments, you don't have to be large to be large. You don't have to be large to be large. Now, here's what God is releasing right now in this moment. The spirit of increase. The spirit of increase. And here's why increase is such a misunderstood and misguided subject in the church. Because I came from the church where increase was attached to emotionalism. And the more emotional, I didn't come from a listening church like this. I came from a church where they said amen and hallelujah and shouted so much that they actually missed the point. How was church today? Crazy. Well, was it, I think we need to have sane church. Maybe that's, maybe that's the problem. It was crazy church. What did the preacher preach about? I don't know. But we ran about 40 laps. We shouted. I told Pastor Gary today, it is so refreshing that I won't have to change into an entirely another suit after I preach. It's refreshing. So increase is not attached to emotions. Increase is attached to decisions. And when the spirit of increase comes upon your church and comes upon your life, it is because you have decided that your life is going to look better than this. Now, increase comes because... You agree with heaven in the earth. I'm going to teach. I feel, I feel his anointing here. You agree with heaven in the earth. It is illegal for God to do anything in the earth without man. This is why 
when Jesus or when God, they're interchangeable. The Bible says the Godhead is a mystery, so don't ever think that God and Jesus are separated. God was Jesus in the earth. This is why when God created heavens and earth, he sat down. And the Bible says he's now seated on the right hand of the Father, which means he's not getting up until his return. He stood up for one other person. That was Stephen, but that was because Stephen did such a good job that he deserved a standing ovation from heaven. But he says when the spirit of increase comes, it is because somebody in the earth agrees with heaven. And somebody in the earth requests the presence of heaven through their being. Because God cannot do anything in the earth illegally. The heavens are brought about by a judicial system. I know I'm all over the place, but you'll be all right. It's judicial. God is a judge. So therefore, heaven has laws, governing rules. And so a lot of times when you tell individuals that God is getting ready to increase them, it doesn't happen because they don't know the rules or the laws attached to that moment. And so consequently, increase never happens to us because we don't know the rules. We get excited without understanding the inner workings, just like uh, today when he takes me out for shrimp. When he, well, uh, <laughs> and and, and, and we, we always get excited, brother, at the presentation at the table. Here's the shrimp, here's the appetizer and the white. We never would suspect that the kitchen would be chaotic. So what it takes to present something to you in one dimension, there's been a whole lot of go through in another dimension. But until you know the rules and the laws, increase cannot happen. But God sent me here today if I was in my church, we'd have an organ by now. We'd be turning flips and throwing chairs. God, you can throw it, I'll throw it back. When God sent me here today to let you understand that there is an anointing because after being in ministry 20 years, I can go in a church in five minutes and tell you what's wrong with it. I can tell you what's right with it. I can tell you who's wrong. I can tell you the people that don't need to be up there. I mean, she's singing, but she's off, not you. They're singing too long. They're praying too much. They need attention. Nobody's never listened to them when they were a child. I can tell you what's wrong. The deacons got all the power, not the pastor. Woo. That's through experience. That's cool. You can do the same thing in criminal law. You're off. You're wrong. You're a criminal. You're lying. Your eyes move up and to the left. You're being dishonest. The spirit of increase is on this church because this church is aware of its mission. And whenever you are aware of your mission, you are most like Jesus. The question is not, I'm here. The question is why? Two most important days of your life, when you're born and the day you find out why. You are anointed because you know your mission. And you also are anointed because there's a, there's a great security in this church. It's in the atmosphere. I look at the men, they mirror the pastor. I, I turn to my wife and says, a lot of married men in this church. It's not a lot of players. Ooh, I'm in trouble. It's not a feminine G gear church. A feminine geared church is a church with a lot of emotions. Yeah. Well, you have to run, you have to cry, you have to do all the tricks, you have to bring an elephant to bring a seal, put a ball on his nose just to get people to respond to responsibility. The church is female, it's the bride. 
The response is male. The anointing that comes on this church comes because of your consciousness and your awareness. And I looked around in the office and God was dealing with me as I was sitting there and he said, tell them they don't know how big they are because they think they're small. How many times in your life have you discounted your own greatness because you didn't think you were enough? And God says there's a greatness that is being released in this room right now. There's a power that is being released in this room right now. Because your awareness has to be toward your attachment. Now I'm giving you three, four, seven, twelve things. As they come to my spirit, this is fresh. This is not what I preach. I didn't even plan on preaching. This. God changed my message in my seat. And I go with him. Increase comes because you understand what and who you are attached to. And the greatest thing you can ever be as a believer is infected by the philosophy of Jesus. When you are infected by the philosophy of Jesus, you don't get caught in comparisons that are unhealthy. Because the philosophy of Jesus is, I don't care what you think about yourself. I don't care what you feel about yourself. I don't care of your indiscrepancies. I know we all sit here, we're, 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 you know, we're educated, we're formally trained, we have this and that. But underneath that suit, underneath those lashes, can I just say it how it is? You jacked up. Oh, you jacked up. Let me see your phone. Let me see your Google search this week. You jacked up. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory, but God chose us because of his mission. And then God, in all of his swagger, decided that he would call us in a moment in time into a place called Stafford, Virginia, to fulfill his mission. Because we are so a part of his body that nobody else could do what we are called to do but us in this moment, this time, right here, right now. Esther says it like this. Perhaps you were called into the kingdom for such a time as this. So maybe every church doesn't need to be a shouting, dancing church. Maybe somebody's church needs to be a foundation. Nothing wrong with other people's missions. There's nothing wrong with you shouting. Nothing wrong with you dancing. Nothing wrong with you leaping. Nothing wrong with you hollering. That's not our mission. Because after you get through with all of those other emotions, you still have to come back to the foundation. So he, he, he finds these boys. He finds these, these guys and he, who are all doing something, who are all busy. This is an oxymoronic statement. You'll like this. You'll enjoy this. You're kind of, kind of fun guy, smart aleck guy. You'll, you'll like this. He says, I'm a healer, but I'm still going to pick a doctor. Why does a healer need a doctor? Luke is a physician. Cattle on a thousand hills belong to me, but let me pick a tax collector. Now, why would somebody who's already owning everything because your landlord means you don't own it a landlord is there because you don't own it they are the lord of your property which means they get to charge you what they want and put you up. the earth is the lord's that's an old english word it means he's the owner Whew. the earth is the owners and the fullness thereof picks these guys and said come with me one of my wife's uh, and I, our favorite um, movies is uh, Don't Judge Us, Willy, Willy Wonka, Chocolate Factory. The original one, not just new Johnny Depp stuff. I don't know what that is. You like it too? Willy Wonka. And, and, and um, when I met her, I, I started trying to woo her. So I started singing this little song, Come with me 
and we'll be in a land of pure imagination. She's looking at me, what? <laughs> he says, he says, I want you to simply do this. Come with me. Now, if you come with me, I'm going to increase your life. But there's one thing you have to do. You have to give up what you thought was your future. Whew. All right, here's a good preaching point. This is a good Pentecostal preaching point. If I was in my church, I'd be very loud right here, but I'll be soft. He says, I want you to come with me because when you give me your life, I'll give you another future. Here's the exchange. Your life for a future beyond your wildest dreams. Lord, I feel your spirit right there. Your life. For a future beyond your wildest dreams. Well, pastor, I, I, don't, I don't see change. Nothing is happening in my life. I don't, I don't feel like I'm on a good path yet. You don't feel like you're on a good path yet because you've not yet given him your life. When you give him your life, thank you, Richard Smallwood, he says he exchanges his life for yours. So he said, come with me. He picks these, picks these guys, said, come with me, and I'm going to teach you how to go from fishing rivers to catching men. Catching men. No, I don't want you to shove Jesus down their throat. You don't catch people by shoving Jesus down your throat. Neither do you catch people by wearing Jesus T-shirts. By this will all men know that you are my disciples when you treat everybody with love. I'm getting ready to get in trouble. I'm getting ready to get in trouble. Who is everybody, God? In the Greek, it means everybody. In the Hebrew, it means everybody. In the Aramaic, it means everybody. Who is everybody? Well, what if they don't look like me? What if they don't act like me? What if they are gay? It's not your job to put them in heaven or hell. It's your job to love them. Because you are called to be the foundation. I'm just going to work that word since that's the name of your church. You are called to be the foundation and called to be something that the world has never seen. And so what am I really doing with you? What am I really doing with Pastor Gary? What am I really doing with these people? What are we really doing? We are serving a mission, number two or six. We are serving a mission that's bigger than us. We are serving a mission that's bigger than us. And if you serve a mission that's bigger than you, you will get a reward greater than what you expected. You're not hearing me. All right, just for the sake of some military prowess, there was alleged when Saddam Hussein was alive that, you know, Tupac is alive, Saddam is dead, you'll be all right. There was a, it, it was said that, Two, three, four, five. Y'all caught it. Okay. Yeah. It was said when he was alive, they found seven truckloads of money. Seven 18-wheeler truckloads of money. I just need two handfuls. Anybody? 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 Okay. All right. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I just need two, hand, two handfuls. Two handfuls. 80,000 apiece. I'm, tell my wife, you had this and I keep the rest. All right. Seven truckloads of money. They knew he was rich. They knew that there was a reward going into the mission. But they were blown away at how much reward was there. Y'all are not here. God says, when I call you and you exchange your life, you know that there's a reward. But he says, I'm getting ready to take this church to a point where you have no idea how much of a reward is waiting on the other side. Now, you have to make things, you have to give things life with your mouth. Okay? 
Because when you speak it as an entity, as a spirit, those words cannot come back void. So you have to say this out of your mouth. This is the part where you talk. God, God. say it with enthusiasm, God, God. Has, a has a great reward waiting for me because I work for him. Ah. See, this is the, I'm just keep having flashes of my church. This will be the part of my church where somebody will be jumping off the, the, the soda machine, just DDT and somebody in the head. God has a great reward because I work for him. He said, disciples, if you work for me, I'll make you something beyond your wildest dreams. I'm getting ready to do something that eyes have not seen. And ears have not heard. Neither has it been revealed to the heart of men. Who said, you, you took up the tithing offering. This is not, this is a parenthetical hypothesis. Who said you had to make a house payment? When you work for God, you have pay on and God has pay off on his mind. Lord Jesus, y'all know how we have pay on on our mind. How you doing? Let me put $10 on it. You know, somebody said, God has pay off. God says, if you sacrifice and follow me, the things that I will do for you will blow your mind. He said, but I can't do it if you don't know the rules of how to receive. You don't receive like this. This is a hostage. You receive like this. This is a son. For now are we the sons of God. Y'all not, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. So you don't receive like this. This is trouble. This is, I'm in trouble. This is, I'm your son. Amen. It goes back to the prodigal son's uh, um, 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 thing. When he left home, he said, he said, give me. Give me. That's hostage talk. Give me. But after he spent all of his earnings, he came back to the house and said, make me. One of your hired servants. All right, 12 more minutes because I'm, I'm going to let y'all out. 12 more minutes. I'm getting excited because I love the word. Are you getting something? All right. He says, here's your mission. Here is your mission. Here's where I'm getting ready to explode Foundation Church. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this is spooky. Raise the dead. Wait a minute, God. That's our mission? Heal the sick. Heal the sick. Heal the sick. What do you mean? What kind of sickness? Figuratively and literally. That when you call for elders of the church, there should be no sick among you. But here is the law. Pastor, I'm still sick. Well, did you call anybody? No. Well, you missed the law of healing. Because the law of healing is you that are sick call for the elders. The elders come, pray the prayer of faith, and then you're healed. You don't come and sit in the midst of us and hope we see you sick. Because even if we pray for you while you're in our midst, we bypass the law of effort. And the law of effort as it relates to healing is that you have to call the elder. That's the, that's the literal the figurative is heal the sick, mentally sick, emotionally sick. Uh, one of the things I love, I'm digressing a lot, but one of the things I love about, about Pastor is that he's always been in shape. Now, I'm, I just got on this kick like three years ago of eating right and having at least an ab. <laughs> Y'all missed it. I have an ab. I'm going to get the other six before the Lord come back. But he's always been on this kick of being in shape, and I've always respected that. So what kind of sickness? That's the literal sickness. You're sick in your body. Others are sick in their mind. They're sick because their father never loved them. They're sick because their mother told them they were crazy. They're sick because nobody paid attention to them. They're sick because they don't know how to adjust in the world. Change with change. 
Which consequently, let me give you this for free, every three years you should be changing and evolving to another dimension in your mind. Why? Because three years is the time that Jesus spent with us. And every three years you should be going to another dimension in your mind and reinvent yourself. And you shouldn't be mad at anything longer than three days as a principle. Why? Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave in three days. Why are you still mad at your cousin for six years? It's a three-day principle. I'm not mad at anything longer than three days. Three days, I'm over it. Why? It's the law of Jesus. Okay. Heal the sick. Emotionally sick. Raise the dead. Literally? Literally? And figuratively? Yes. Literally, as the church and the body of Jesus Christ, we are supposed to not release anybody from earth before their time. I know that's kind of heavy. I know that's heavy. Release nobody from earth? What's the time? 70. Anybody that dies before 70 is a spiritual assassination because 70 is what God promised. So as a prophetic entity in person, when you take on the law of increase and the spirit of Jesus, nothing can kill you before your time. Especially if it has a name. Cancer is a name. Disease is a name. Sickness is a name. AIDS is a name. But there's another name. Two, three, four, five. I need a church right there. That's above every name. That if anything attaches itself to your body, before the time of your promise, you are to use the name above every name and say, you have not come here to take me out early. I'm dying at 144. And I'm going to look just like this. I'm going to be able to run and play at least five minutes of basketball. He says... The anointing of increase is for you to raise the dead. Here's another kind of dead, because God has not just called you to his own. See, church is where you come to get your instructions. By the time you come into the door, you really shouldn't be so needy. Because according to scripture, you don't come in the church to be healed. Or to be encouraged. Oh God, I'm getting in trouble. You come entering his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise, which means you should do the emotional work before you get here. Because you've already been with him all week. So when you come here, what are you doing? You're assembling yourself together with other believers to find out what the mission is. I'm getting ready to get excited. I might throw my leg like Michael Jackson. Gary, please. He said, you are here to find out your mission is with other believers so you can go and take the city over and make the city look like heaven on earth as it is. I'm sorry. I just need a moment for myself. I'm getting excited. He says, here's what's happening. Here's, here's what happens. Y'all all right? Six minutes. Dug it fresh and we gone. I promise you. He says, here's, here is your mission. You go down there in Stafford, Virginia, and you take the kingdom, and you do what they used to do in the Roman Empire. You send a representative. Let me use you. You send a representative. I call you pastor. I've designated your whole life for you to end up before these people. I birthed you into the world, allow you to make it past 50 million of the sperm to win, to give you to these people so that these people can take the city and do in the book of Acts and turn it upside down. But you can't do it if you're too needy. You can't do it if you always need help. You can't do it if you're broke. 
You can't do it if you drain the pastor with where are the batteries and where's the bathroom and who's going to read the scripture. Your job is to take the load off so that he can fulfill the mission. This is the only touch your neighbor I'll do. Tell somebody we're supposed to be flipping this thing upside down. Just tell them just like that. Tell them. Say, we're supposed to be flipping our city upside down because the spirit of increase is now being released. The anointing is not noise. It's not volume. The anointing is the ability to get a job done. And God said, I will anoint you. That's what they did in Rome. They sent a representative. Now, here's the good thing. I'm getting excited. In my last four minutes, we used to do the cabbage patch where I was from. Y'all will be all right. I'm getting excited. In my last four minutes, heaven sends a representative and calls you. But you are no longer just a son or daughter of heaven. When heaven calls you, watch this, you become an ambassador. Oh, y'all missed a good shout point. You become an ambassador. The first thing an ambassador does is he recognizes the government he represents. Lord Jesus, we represent the kingdom of God. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, I got to use it. I'm a little demonstrative and a little crazy. All of it works together. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God, tell him I'll put it back. Don't get nervous. Lifts up a standard. The standard is not a behavior. The standard is there were old armies that said, you are fighting against God today. And when the enemy came in like a flood, the first thing he saw was not military might or strength. He saw the standard. Oh, no, 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 no. You are getting ready to fight Foundation Church. Y'all, this is, this is just imagine, this is your church banner. Foundation Church. We're not just a church that's going to sit down and let you have our kids and let you have our education system and let you have our health and let you have our money. We are here to make a change in this city. Y'all are not here. Get excited. Tell somebody, I'm going to make a change in this city. Do like I do at my church. Jump up and sit back down and say, I feel that. That's how we do it at my church. We are here to make a change in the city. We're not just Bible-toting, collar-wearing, robe-wearing, glove, religious, do-nothings. We are bearing a standard that says, Pastor Gary, we are now anointed. You are now anointed that the depth of God in you, hear this if you don't hear nothing else, I feel the Holy Spirit. The depth of God in you is now determined by the number of people that need you. Take the, let a brother do it. That's a man's, that's a man's job. The people that need you. I just teach, I just like for women to be women. Just be soft and fragile, scared of bugs. I get it. The depth of God in you is now determined by the people that need you. Never be afraid because people need you. Because that proves how anointed you really are. And God says, I'm getting ready to send people. I got a smile out of you. I'm happy now. I can sit down. He says, I'm getting ready to send people that need you. That's why... Here's your excitement. Three minutes, three Pentecostal minutes, which means it's really going to be six. He says, that's why I have to allow the spirit of increase to come on you. Because you can't help people that have a need hear this until you have no need. It is only when you have no need that you can help people that need. Well, pastor, I don't have a need. Well, you're saying I shouldn't have a need? Yes, you should have a need, but not from the people that need you. When I need my needs met, I go to another system. I go to another kingdom. I go to another order. I go to another judge. He gives me what I need so that I can give the world what they need. 
Because both of us can be needy on the same level. Somebody says spirit of increase is coming. Say it again. Spirit of increase is coming. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit down, I promise, Pastor Garrett. Y'all all right? I'm going to say this and then I'm going to sit down. He says, he says, the other way that you honor your leader and you honor leadership, you honor the mission, is that you always make sure that there's seed for the need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like what you did over that tithing offering. I was like, well, Lord, now I can talk about it without feeling guilty. <laughs> Y'all like dogs in this church, too. I see a dog in every video. <laughs> Who had a little dog, the old little old dog, a little blonde dog that was really, really nice, you know? That was your dog? Lord, it would be the Redskins dog. All right. He's <laughs> a sweet little dog. Listen, your seed is the only thing that meets need. He said, you bring your tithe and you bring your offering that the, that the house may be full. It means not deficient. How are you going to feed people if you can't buy them food? How are you going to clothe people if you can't buy them clothes? God says today, I'm increasing your mission to fellow man. Because, Pastor, let me say this prophetically. Your next mission is not even to meet and have a bunch of Church meetings, because I'm, I'm church meeting out. My church, no, when I have a meeting, somebody getting fired or hired. They know about, I don't come to meetings and talk about curtains and ceiling fans and color the carpet. I don't do that. That ain't kingdom business. Are we wearing gloves? Is we serving turkey necks? I don't care. You'd be surprised what people waste God's time on meeting about. We're going to have Coke or Pepsi. I don't care. They taste the same. When I show up as the CEO and senior pastor, somebody's getting fired, somebody's getting hired, or there's a brand new order. The vision has been rewritten, revamped, revised. You're fired. You're hired. And I don't take all day to fire people. Y'all don't like me. Give me a hug. No, no, no. I got a Donald Trump on. You're fired. Because most of the time when you fire people away from a job, how you fire people in the church, Pastor? How you fire people? God ain't, is the one that called them, ain't he? <laughs> Most of the time when you fire people or have a meeting with them, they already know they're wrong. They already know they're off, out of order. I cut my phone off this morning, and I'm, I'm really done. I'm closing. I cut my phone off this morning because I have a rule in my church. If I put you in charge, don't call me to solve it. And if you don't solve it, when I get back, you're fired. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Not even Fortune 500 companies. Go to McDonald's and complain like we complain in church. We do. We get away with things in church we don't get away. So here's, here it is, and I'm done. And I'm done. I feel like somebody's playing me off stage in the corner. Just boom, 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 boom. The anointing of increase comes for God to show you. Sis, I'm going to confer this on you. This is your family, right? I'm going to confer this on her, but I'm talking to your family, okay? The anointing of increase comes to show you you don't have to be large to be huge. I'm going to let that marinate. You don't have to be large to be huge. I tell our church all the time, there's three ways God can increase us. I can preach to a man who has a thousand people in his audience. I hope your church catches this. Or I can preach to a man that carries a thousand people in his spirit. Either way, I'm preaching to a thousand. Because I've stopped preaching to who's hearing me and I start preaching to what you're carrying. If I preach to what you're carrying, I'm still preaching to your audience. Because when Abraham and Melchizedek met, there was an exchange to what Abraham was carrying. Venus and Serena Williams were playing each other in the finals, and the idiot reporter had a nerve to say, who's going to win? 
And Venus politely set up in the microphone and said, <clears throat> a Williams. Y'all missed it. You missed it. It doesn't matter who the credit goes to. Both the checks are going to our house. God says, God says, I'm going to show you that I can increase you through your audience, through your knowledge, or through your career. See, you can have 5,000 people to give a dollar, or you can have five millionaires. I'm going to say it again. I don't know who it's for. I need to run, but y'all are over me. You can have 5,000 people to give a, a good, measly, crumbled up, balled up dollar. I've been in church today and given the Lord my service. That's the church we came from, Oak Grove. Or you can have God with the spirit of increase on somebody to make them a multimillionaire. And their tithe and offering alone would take care of the church salary for a year. But you got to believe that God has that kind of increase for you. Lord, I feel like Creflo Dollar. I'm trying to close. Put your hands out and receive this now. And I want you to do something in the realm of prophetic response. Say, God, I thank you for amazing increase. Now. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. How do you honor a pastor? When you give him what he needs. Serve the vision without complaint. My grandmother used to say it like this, without a whole lot of lip. Do what's needed. Never have the philosophy, I don't do that, that's not my job. Any job is our job in the kingdom. I beat everybody going to church at our church. 20 years in ministry, I still clean toilets at my church. Because I want the Lord to know that it's not about me. He that is greatest amongst you should be the first to clean toilets. Is a servant to all. I want the Lord to know. I'm never too big. No matter where I preach, no matter how big the audience, no matter who it is, I'm never too big to serve a cause. Hold somebody by the hand. I'm closing with this prayer. Foundation Church, I want to announce to you that the spirit of increase is being released on you. And I heard God say the anointing of devil is being released upon you right now. There's going to be a major economic shift in this church. I know some of you are doing well and you do okay, but God said, I'm going to blow your mind. And the anointing of just unexpected money is going to visit this church. Lord, I wish the prophet was prophesying to me. I'd run around. He says, the anointing to do more with less is coming upon you. And he said, you will praise God for 10 seconds for this. I am getting ready to unleash unusual favor in Foundation Church. I don't know who this is for, but you've been going through trouble. If it's for you, just stand. You've been going through such trouble with your employee that is over you, your employer that is over you. You've been going through hell all year. It's because they're getting ready to be dismissed and you're getting ready to have their job. I speak to you in the I speak to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Foundation Church will be a beacon in this city. Foundation Church will feed more people than they ever imagined. Clothe more people than they ever imagined. Put more people in housing. Care about more people. Foundation Church will be the church to employ men when they come out of prison. Because recidivism is out of control because of capital gain. Prisons are now on the New York Stock Exchange. And it is a sin before God. But God said the anointing of increase has hit your house.
and hit your life. And everything you could not do, by the power of the living God, you can now do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, a little bit Okay. You can speak. You're the pastor. The Lord saying speak. You need to speak. I'm sorry. That's how I do. Well. <laughs> how are you? I'm sorry. Okay. 